All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. of the National Hockey League Draft belongs to... The Daily Faceoff Podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman holding, blue line, jams, stop! Face off. The Daily Face Off. The Daily Face Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 18 of the Daily Face Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Sagan. With me, as always, fresh off of Christmas and New Year break, we got Dylan D. Berthium and Michael B. Bifondi. How's it going, boys? Going great. Feel uh, rejuvenated, feel rested, uh, a little bit hungover from the holidays, but other than that. Yeah. Cookies and booze hit me hard, Brock. Yeah. But, uh... We're back at it. New Year, same Biebs. You know, New Year, same Biebs, eh? <laughs> the no resolutions for the, the class. Kid, yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna continue to kind of drink way too much. Took a uh, took a hard objective look at my 2018 and thought, you know what? You know what needs to change here? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Can't nothing. get any great, great stash from November. <laughs> really can't go down anymore. Yeah, gotta do the same thing. Um, but yeah, New Year, same Biebs. All right, so glad to have you guys here. We're going to talk Thanks, about man. everything we missed pretty much over the last couple of weeks and uh, really take a look back on the first half and a look ahead at the second half of the NHL season. Uh, it's been two weeks since we jumped on uh, the mics here, so 
Instead of our DFO stars of the week, we'll do our DFO stars of the last two weeks combined. Holiday and, uh, stars. Put, yeah, put it all together here. So, D, we'll start with you. Uh, who is the D star of the weeks? I got just one, right? We, we multiple weeks. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. One star, yeah. multiple one weeks. Star weeks. Yeah. Uh, I got Robin Lehner. Lehner oh. was by far the most valuable fantasy net miner over the last week and a half. He won all four of his starts and even picked up a win in a relief appearance against the Senators, giving him five wins over the last 14 days. Uh, pretty crazy. He has just 11 on the season, so almost doubled his win total in the last two weeks. He allowed just six goals on 139 shots over that span. Gave him a 957 save percentage and even threw in a shutout against the Maple Leafs last Saturday. Single-handedly won plenty of users, I'm sure one week, if not two weeks, over the holidays. So got to give some love to Robin Lehner. He's my star of the weeks. Weeks. Beebs, how about you? Love it. Robin Lehner and D going goalies. That's odd. But um, <laughs> me, I had to pick the Wookiee, Brent Burns, out in San Jose. Uh, Brent Burns an absolute beast, 14 days. Um, across five games... 12 points, that's 3 goals, 9 assists, and 26 shots while averaging 27 minutes of ice. Um, Burns was second only to Nathan McKinnon on shots in the week. First among D-men in basically everything. So he took just absolutely took over, giving you forward-like stats from the back end like we're used to. Um, What's crazy about Burns is this year he's on pace for his best career year, 47 points through 43 games, while only having 7 goals and shooting 2% below his career average clip at 4%. So he's on pace for about 94 points this year. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Having a crazy year, but if he has weeks like this, he's going to have he might hit 100 points, mm-hmm. which is wild to say from a defenseman. Um, yeah, San Jose's really turned it on yeah. recently. Five power play points as well from Burns. Um he's clearly showing that he's the pass first kind of guy out there over Carlson. It looks like not clearly, but at the same time, you know, that's his blue line monster. Yeah, Carlson's been hot too they're so both, both just awesome. light it yeah. up later's just been outstanding i mean this last couple weeks like he just couldn't lose like every day i was just writing about him and then even when he did lose he's only like allowing one goal in the one nothing game or whatever it's classic he, robin laner he, he had Actually, like a seven game stretch where he didn't good. allow more than two goals and like he had like a seven game stretch where i think he only allowed five goals combined or something yeah. like that it was insane yeah he's won he's six good. games in a row or something yeah like that. i think it just ended last game but that would have that's still six in a row, so he's won six of his last seven and only allowed like five goals or something like that. When you that. have Leo Komarov, Nikolai Kuhlman, and Matt Martin playing in front of you, yeah. you're going to be good. I'm going to dive into the Islanders a little bit more here in a few minutes, but uh, my star of the week, the Brock star of the week, is Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Gaudreau is the unquestioned star over the last little two weeks. Little guy picking a little guy. <laughs> uh, he led the NHL in goals with eight points with 14, tied for seventh in shots, and seventh in plus minus with a plus seven. Uh, only valuable in fantasy hockey. Uh, in just six games, the 25-year-old is now on pace for career highs in goals, 46, assists, 72, and then obviously that was so combined gross. for 118 points in uh, what was basically just a remarkable first half, uh, really dominant the last couple of weeks. Flames all of a sudden leading the Western Conference right now. Uh, and Gaudreau looks absolutely outstanding. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be able to maintain this pace exactly in the second half, but the fact that he's on pace for nearly 120 points after the first half of the season is pretty incredible. Yeah. That line, uh, yeah. That first line is giving, making us uh, question our top ten lines this year. We're making a push heavy in there. They look phenomenal. Yeah, um, I was gonna say 120 points. Not as incredible as it used to be. All of a sudden, with uh, <laughs> what everyone's on pace for this season. Yeah, this year all of a sudden scoring's uh, way up, and everyone's just laid it up. Uh, by the way, Lanner did not lose his last start. Uh, you're wrong. He's won seven in a row. Seven. Boom. Row? Yeah. Okay. Six starts though. Only six of them were starts because, like I said, he came in, in the relief appearance and right. one against the Sens. Well. I guess it's a decent segue into, into our next 
topic. Uh, we're going to take a look back at the first half. We're going to talk about the biggest surprises, uh, biggest disappointments as far as teams go, as well as the best sleepers and busts. I guess not best busts, but worst busts of the uh, first biggest half bust. of the season. Uh, and then after the break, we're going to take a look forward at the second half of the season. Talk about uh, you know teams we expect to be better than they have been so far. Teams we expected to drop off a little bit. Uh, as well as breakouts, busts, uh, and goal and point leaders for the second half. So, since we were just talking about the Islanders, I guess I'll start right away uh, with my biggest surprise from the first half as far as teams go, and that's the New York Islanders. Uh, when the Islanders lost John Tavares in free agency, many, including myself and I think you guys as well, I uh, did not really expect them to be a playoff team this season. However, here we sit, January 7th, and they're holding down the first wild card spot in the Eastern Conference, just one point back of Columbus for third and two points back of Pittsburgh for second in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, they have at least one game in hand on every single team in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, most of the Islanders' success, I think, uh, can be attributed to new head coach Barry Trotz, uh, who's fresh off of a Stanley Cup win with the Washington Capitals. Trotz has turned the worst, one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL from last year into one of the best so far this season. Uh, three days ago, so it might not be totally perfectly up to date, uh, but Dmitry Filipovich tweeted out a chart showcasing that the Islanders have went from the 31st uh, ranked team in shot attempts against per 60 to 8th this season. Uh, additionally, they went from 30th in shots against per 60 to 7th uh, this season, and their save percentage has gone from 90.89, which was ranked 29th last season, to 92.98, which is number one in the NHL this season, thanks to a really hot, nice hot streak there from Robin Lehner for a little bit. Yeah, and Grice doing that thing he does where he just has a good 10 or 15 games out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. kills it. Uh, obviously, Lehner has a lot to do with that. Uh, adding him this offseason along with an improved defensive structure has really helped. But Tommy Grice has also had a nice bounce back season, which has been important to their success as well. But I think at the end of the day, it all comes back to trots. But also very important has been Matthew Barzell. Obviously, he was the guy that they needed to step up while Absolute losing horse. Tavares. Uh, but he's really heating up as of late, too. He has nine goals and eight assists to give him 17 points in his last 13 games. Uh, they look like a playoff team right now. And as long as you know they keep playing well defensively like they have been through the first half of the season, this team looks like they're going to surprise a lot of people and be in the postseason come April. Yeah. Yeah, definitely someone who... I believe betting odds would be unbelievable when season started. Mm -hmm. um, but um, speaking of betting, I uh, I got Vegas as my biggest surprise off the start. Stop me if you heard this before. Um, Vegas Golden Knights are a huge surprise. Kind of the same thing as we had last year with them. I expected regression. I think everyone ex expected regression. There's no way that this Cinderella story from last year could continue. And it looked that way to begin the year like it wouldn't. But then uh, a little someone named Nate Schmidt came back <laughs> and... Uh, Shea Theodore came back for good. Yeah. And uh, the team got put together. Uh, Patretti left, which is hilarious. He got hurt. Um, and they somehow have just gone on a tear. They're currently second in the NHL in points with 56, um, which is crazy. Although they have played the most amount of games. We'll just put a little asterisk there. But still, second in points in the league. Marc-Andre Fleury leads the league in wins. And um, what's kind of blown my mind about, about this is that it's been um, the complimentary items that have, have done well. The Alex Tucks. The boy! The um, boy! Brock's favorite player. Um, as we've seen a little bit of regression from, well, not a little, but regression from William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, that top Shocker. line. That was so good. We called this regression, but at the same time, this is why this is such a surprise that they've continued to play so well. Because like when Stassi's been in the lineup, he's been great. Exactly. When Patch Reddy's been in the lineup, he's been solid. Yep. Brandon Peary, out of nowhere, just 
always been a really good AHL scorer. Never really been able to get it done totally in the NHL. Just just lights out. Like he's got nine points in seven games. Just came back up today. You know they're getting scoring from just about everybody on that roster right now, and it's it's been awesome. Yeah, and Cody Eakin, Ryan Carpenter's been great too. Yeah, literally all fours rolling. And one thing that's been huge has been their defense. Um, Third best in shots on goal allowed per game, which is. Massive, massive, massive. Um, less shots, obviously, the better mm-hmm. you're going to do. Um, and they are getting the seventh most shots. So it's a nice little opposite sides of the scale there, which you want. And one, I thought for sure maybe their PK would be standing out, their power play. Their power play is currently 17th in the league, so that could definitely be improved. Trust um, me, I, I play them in DFS all the time, yeah. and every time they get a power play, they're going to score, and they just they still never don't. do. Um, PK 7th, so two things mm-hmm. that could use a little bit of help. Vegas, so my biggest surprise, and, uh, and I'm loving it again. I think the Vegas flu is for sure a real thing. Yeah, I think Someone Flurry right on that. probably one of the most overrated goalies right now too. Yeah, just because oh, big sell high. Like you said, Vegas has played the most games in the league, and he's starting uh, basically every game. That's could not get back hurt to back right? real soon. Uh, could get hurt, but it's just really inflated his win totals. His splits uh, really haven't been anything great. Uh, a lot of the better teams too have had their uh, starting goalies go down for a period of time. Flurry's been able to stay healthy, and it's really just kind of inflated his stats. Uh, you look at Vasilevsky, Anderson, Rene, just off the top of my head. Uh, three guys that probably would be right up there for the league in the league lead in wins uh, mm-hmm. had they not be hurt. So Fleury just kind of been able to stay hurt, and he's been good enough to get the wins behind. The, like we've said, a very good defensive team. Uh, but I think he's one of the better sell high candidates in net right now. Yeah, sure. the one thing that's surprising is they just continue to ride him like as hard as they have been. I mean, they rarely start Malcolm Subban, and yeah. uh, I think Fleury's leading the league in, in games played right now. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And uh, obviously, that has a little bit to do with the fact they played the most games, but they ride him. You know, he's starting like eighty five percent of their games at least. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I like him just because he plays a lot on a good team. But if you can get uh, some pieces, one of, like we were talking about before the show, one of my buddies was texting me, and somebody was trying to. Trade for Flurry, and they were giving up a boatload. So I mean, if you can get a lot of return, go for it. Yeah. But uh, B- D, who's your uh, biggest surprise here in the first half? I got the Calgary Flames. I-, I think it's probably the most obvious one. Not a lot of people expected the Flames to contend for the Pacific Division, let alone the entire Western Conference. Uh, but that's where they sit right now, tied with Vegas for both the division and conference lead, uh, and obviously have games in hand over the Golden Knights. So uh, I think part of why they've been able to exceed everyone's expecta- expectations is they're just not a very deep team on paper. Outside of uh, their top four or five forwards, uh, there's really not that much to write home about up front. The blue line is solid, but was definitely thought to be worse off after the trade of Dougie Hamilton in the offseason. But the lack of depth really hasn't mattered for the Flames at all this season. You hear it all the time. It's a star-driven league. uh, And the Flames have definitely been carried by their stars this year. Goudreau, Monaghan, Lindholm all having career years in the top line. Uh, Kachuk, too. Chuck's obviously, that's all the depth scoring they've needed, really, is just Kachuk in his own right. Yep. Uh, Giordano looks as good as any glue iron in the league on the backhand. And then you have Riddick, uh, who's really erased any question marks surrounding Calgary and goal. If they can continue to get good goaltending from Riddick, they're definitely not going to get it from Smith. Uh, maybe add a piece or two at the deadline. We could be looking at a serious contender in Calgary. I think they've been pretty fortunate enough to get to this point, but uh, good management will kind of take advantage and really uh, per, or properly round out this team. Um, I think they're pretty close to being a contender as is. They're really just one or two trade pieces away. Um, and I don't think anyone has really given them that much credit before the season, So, uh, especially me. So they were my biggest surprise in the first half. Yeah, it would be pretty impressive to see what they could do if uh, somebody like James Neal actually started playing hockey again. Yeah, too. Wild. He could put the puck in the net a little bit. Uh, the one thing that's been huge for them, and we talked about it, when the trade happened, uh, we just really, it all was going to boil down to just how good Noah Hannafin could play. And he's been great. 
uh, for them so far this season. And as yeah. long as he can, well, you know, and and Giordano just literally having the best yeah. year ever. Yeah. Putting him back with Brody has been really, really Chuck big. Chuck having them. over a point per game, though, like like yeah. you said, like that's that's secondary it. scoring that's it just doesn't attacking matter. Yeah. the other team's yeah. next. Yeah. Chuck's yeah. been and Chuck's Backlund's been a big a big part of that too. Yeah. Uh, his numbers, you know, without being on the power play, aren't anywhere near Kachuk's. Uh, but as far as five v five plays goes. Uh, Kachuk's not doing any of that without backing right there. So no. He deserves a bit of a shadow. One player. of the better two, two-way fours in the league and, and gets it done and takes a lot of the heavy defensive minutes away from that top line, which For is sure. nice. Uh, let's go to disappointments here uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm going to start with the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, after career years from Giroux and Couturier, uh, they added James Van Riemsdyk to an already deep uh, group of forwards this offseason, plus another year of development for guys like Ivan Provorov getting Travis Sanheim in the mix. The Flyers look like a team that could finish in the top three in the Metro. However, terrible goaltending, injuries, and an atrocious power play have the Flyers sitting second last in the Eastern Conference through uh, 41 games. GM has been fired. Coaches have been fired. Really, the only positive so far this season has been gritty. Yep. Uh, and basically, just the fact that they share a city with the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles and the 76ers have basically just kept fans uh, distracted from just how dog shit this team has been. Uh, they just they can't seem to, to right the ship. Whenever it seems like something's going right, it, it just takes a turn uh, for the worse. Carter Hart called up way earlier than I think they would have ever wanted to call him up. Uh, They're like, in got, it now. Man. Got way too yeah. excited about him. Yeah, two, two games. Oh in. yeah, he's you know he's looked solid, but he's just he's twenty years old. We can't forget <laughs> this that. Is it. He's got two wins. Never gonna lose. Yeah. So uh, the, 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 the Flyers were a team I was really high on. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys remember, especially how high I was on a guy like Ovin. Ivan Provorov hasn't had a good year so far. Uh, so for me, the biggest uh, disappointment so far, definitely the Philadelphia Flyers. Beebs? For me, um, I've been waiting for this one years. Uh, some would say since I uh, came out the womb. But my biggest disappointment is the Chicago Blackhawks this year. You fire our boy, Joel Quinville. I'm going to come back at you with heat. Uh, winds are alert, by the way. But no, um, this team has been an absolute disappointment this year. Currently 16-21-7 through 44 games. Has them 27th in league points, and 44 is second most played. So, um, absolute terrible start mm -hmm. by the Chicago Blackhawks. 128 goals, actually mid in the league so far. So, surprising, because would have thought something glaring there. But what's actually killing them is goals against. In the offseason, they picked up Cam Ward. A lot of people thought that they might have a two-headed monster there with... <laughs> Corey Crawford and him, but um, as we could tell, that's just maybe not where Shit monster. Maybe in 2012. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But trying to relive something that could not happen. Realistically, mm. one of the only bright spots has been the Strom trade where they um, picked up Dylan Strom. has been on absolute tear this year. Um, this is a team that's kind of just stuck around their big contracts, as a lot of people have mentioned throughout the years. Seabrook, Duncan Keith, um, Brendan Sod was brought in, has not played up to snuff. Remember when they traded Panard for him? Yeah, that was... Ridiculous. Kane and Taze have been good, um, but realistically, that's it. And as we mentioned, Corey Crawford has been absolutely terrible. Their penalty kill is 30th in the league at 73.8%. It's laughable. Mm. Laughable. Uh, basically, they are last in most categories besides um, Ottawa's, obviously, behind them and, and everything else. Yes. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, they're just battling with them. But absolute terrible start from Chicago. You hate to see it. Damn. But that's my biggest disappointment because this is a team that still has good pieces, but clearly no help. Yeah, they, uh, they're a mess. They're a disaster. I mean, that trade so far, we're getting Strom. Strom looks solid in, in Chicago. Uh, Perlini hasn't really played a whole lot, but Strom's been on a line with Patrick Kane. Obviously, that helps a lot, but uh, yeah, pretty good return so far. But 
yeah, they're a long ways away from being a contender again. Uh, you know, I guess the one bright spot, uh, obviously you hate to see Crawford go down with another uh, concussion-related yeah. injury, but His it has been uh, nice to see what Colin Delia uh, has been able to do for them in that. He's been really solid. Delia or Delia? I was hoping they'd the bring difference? in the accountant. Just bring him in. Your season's gone. Scott. Give Scott Stedding. It's not Scott Foster, Stedding. but every time Foster. it is. Scott yeah. Scott Foster. But uh, Delia, like, he's a guy that Delia's he's, he's okay. had really good numbers in the AHL, and he's young. Get a chance to get a look at him, at least in a, in a lost season. And so far, the early returns have been pretty good. So I, I don't know, man. I, it seems like there's some easy fixes to their struggles, and it's kind of weird that uh, Jeremy Colleton, am I saying that right? Yep. Uh, has kind of fallen into the same traps that Quenville did. I, I think, really, the two mistakes Quenville made over the last year or so... Not getting Patrick Kane enough ice time. Not getting Alex to bring Cat enough ice time. Uh, to bring Cat's getting even less. I know. Yeah, yeah. and those it's continuing our calling. Yeah, it, it really does make sense to me. Uh, I think you can get just so much more offense out of your top uh, top line for sure. Your top two lines if they're both firmly in the top six. Especially when you have uh, no too many depth. good pieces for them to be. Yeah, like at the end of the bad. day, like you need to give Kane some help playing him with Stroman and Isamov. You're not going to get his peak potential out of there. Him and Brink have looked good together in stretches before. Um, you know, I. I get wanting to stretch out your lineup and be able to roll three good lines, but if your team's not good enough to do that, you can't do it. Um, you can just look and see what the abs have done, uh, you know, Stack with kind of a heavy. top heavy lineup. Yeah, but they, they've made it work. Yeah, you know what oh, I mean? like, oh, yeah. You oh, can yeah. really commit to playing the top line and you kind of find uh, other roles and services for your other second and third lines. Kind of just keep the puck out of your own end and until your top line can get back on the ice. So, again, look at the Flames. Uh, there's ways to get around it if you don't have the depth necessary and trying to force uh, a three-line attack when it's just not there. Uh, clearly, it isn't working for the Blackhawks. Yeah, it, it really is stunning. The If you look at it, how little like they've put Dabrinkat, Taves, and Kane together. Like, they, they, just, they never do it. Like yeah. Even just Taves and Kane, like, they never play together. It might happen yeah. that, you know, a two-game stretch here and there, and then that's it. Like it's it's It makes them Yeah, sense. he did it when he first took over for like yeah. the first four or five games. Yeah, and that was it. it. Yeah. Turned away from it. It's ridiculous, but... Uh, who is your biggest disappointment from the first half, D? I got the Blues. Shocker. Yeah, I don't think I was as high on the Blues as most people coming into the season, uh, but definitely expecting more from them than what we've seen, uh, to put it lightly. I just they don't sit, know how they got worse. Like, yeah. <laughs> They sit third last in the NHL coming into tonight's games with just 36 points. Uh, they struggled to get any sort of consistency in goal from Jake Allen. Not a huge shocker, but the lack of goal support is. I think we all expected a lot more out of this top nine group. Uh, Bozak and Maroon seem like good depth additions, and I love the O'Reilly move. But Tarasenko obviously has been what's really let them down. Oh, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I, again, I said it about the Flames. Rock it's a star-driven league. Uh, when your stars don't perform, it's very hard to win in the NHL. Uh, if they're playing fucking horseshit, you know, it's, it's never easy. So Tarasenko, just 11 goals and 12 assists in 38 games this season. Uh, I think there are better days ahead for him in the Blues, but that doesn't excuse them for being by far the most disappointing team in the first half. Um and I don't know if it gets any easier uh, without a better goaltender in there. I think we can firmly say at this point, Jake Allen's not the guy. Yeah, I don't even think yeah. they make that move at this point, though, right? The season's kind of long. You need to make a, a push. You need to give your GM a reason to make a move yeah. like that uh, midseason. They at this haven't point. really. They've been just no. You don't. You don't give up draft picks for a rental goaltender when you're sitting uh, third last in the NHL. Yeah, not ideal. They're worse than the Red Wings right now. It's yeah. insane. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Tarasenko in a little bit, so I'm not going to dive too much into it. But uh, let's move into our biggest first half sleepers. Uh, Beebs, I know you got a guy you're excited to talk about, so why don't we send it over to you You start this one off. This is one that you know I'm riding in three leagues that I'm playing in, so all my leagues, so I'm just super jacked up. 
Um, pissed off with the team he plays on, but it's Thomas Chabot out in Ottawa. Um, we've been super happy with this guy all year. Besides his injuries, his ADP was 161, which a lot of leagues, that's not even touching um, the draft. 10 goals, 28 assists through 38 games. So that's 38 points, point per game. 12 power play points and 100 shots on net. He's currently fifth in defenseman points, and he, when he, uh, if he wouldn't have gotten injured, he would be top three imaginably, unless you know he went as cold as Ottawa did. Sure. But clearly, one of the big reasons why they've just been getting stomped the last couple weeks. Um, he's third in goals among all D-men, 13th in shots. Again, this is someone you would have drafted at the back in your lineup, and with it being a sleeper, it's just it's someone who's, who's a clear D1. If you have him, you probably also have another D1 on your For team. For sure, yeah. That's the one thing that's so good, especially from phenomenal. defensemen, because they, they start really thinning out there after like the top. You know, the number three, four D, you get, if you don't draft them early, you're going to be soft. So yeah. if you end up getting Shabbat in your draft, then like... And with someone like this, you could you could trade him off for a top-end forward right now. And if you, say, drafted a shit offense. Yeah. Or say you just need the, the D help and you're terrible at drafting D, or you just want to stack your D with four guys who are going to put up a point per game. Or two, even. Yeah, that's great. Um, Chabot has been an absolute stud, and um, and yeah, I, uh, I I've loved him. Kids gonna be a star. We saw him dominate at the World Juniors. We talked about it. Only twenty one. Yes, yeah, um, eating ice time, beast. That's my first half sleeper. Too bad he's hurt. I've been thinking about offerings and buy low trades um, for other players, and like just including Chabot while he's hurt because I think you can get him a little bit cheaper while he's out right now, and uh, but. Man, he had a great first half. Yeah. Uh, my biggest first half sleeper is Braden Point. I had Point ranked number 57 uh, during the preseason, but his ADP on Yahoo was 124. Uh, all he's done since that day is rank tied for the eight, uh, eighth in the NHL, sorry, in goals with 24 uh, and tied for seventh in points with 54. Mm. Despite having an ADP of 124, uh, Point is currently the number 11 ranked skater according to Yahoo Standard League scoring, making him the absolute steal of the draft. Uh, if you're keeping track at home, that is a 113 spot difference from his overall ranking Crazy. right now and his ADP on draft day. So a massive difference. Uh, the other guy I wanted to talk about really quickly too, give a shout out to Dylan Larkin. Um, Larkin's ADP was 149 on draft day, uh, and he's near a point per game, 18 goals, 23 assists, which is tied uh, for 38th in the NHL in scoring with 41 points. Um, like Braden Point, he is uh, 33rd ranked in standard scoring on Yahoo. That's 116 spots ahead of his ADP. The one thing that is really impressive about Larkin, he currently sits 4th in the NHL in shots on goal. Yeah. He's really firing the biscuit, really embracing... The fact that he's the only good player in Detroit. <laughs> Someone who... And trying to put the puck on net all Yeah, really solved the issue of Nyquist not shooting there. Right? Mm-hmm. This is someone who two I'll years ago we were you. talking about, you know, the guy's not shooting at all, what's going wrong, when he had that kind of slof- sophomore slump. So it's good to see him back doing something. Good to see someone in Detroit having fantasy yeah, he looks, he, And he honestly looks fantastic night in and night out. Like, yeah. there's a, there's not a lot of bright spots in Detroit right now, but he is definitely the brightest of Playing them for all. the hometown crowd. Yeah. Him and Danny Chow, for sure. Yeah, Danny yeah. Chow. And he's just got a great name. Chalowski! Yeah, Chalowski's a phenomenal <sighs> defenseman and phenomenal name. Who's uh, Sleepy D? Sleepy D. Who's snoozing? Uh, stick with the blue line here, Beebs. I got Mor- Morgan Riley. Oh. Riley leads all NHL defensemen with 13 goals and is... Uh, for me, the undisputed top fantasy defenseman of the first half uh, would have been a bit of a stronger statement before 
Uh, Brent Purge just passed him for the league league in points, given his last two weeks. Uh, but Riley now sits second with points, uh, 45. Leaves the NHL goals, like I said, but 13. Shouldn't be more than another week or so before Riley sets a new career high in points. His previous career high was 52. He's already four goals past his previous career high there, which was nine. Uh, his remarkable jump in production is the result of a revamped Leafs team uh, and Riley himself taking full advantage of the perfect opportunity. He conceded the role in the Leafs' top power play unit to Jake Gardner for the majority of last season, but Riley has become the future puck mover on a unit that now features Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner. Hmm. Uh, Decent unit. Yeah, so obviously that's been a big source of his production. Uh, his 15.0 on-ice shooting percentage is astronomically high for a blue liner. Uh, and cast doubt over his ability to maintain a point per game from here on out. But the power play production should remain steady. As far as the first half goes, just unbelievable value for where he was drafted. Uh, number one fantasy demon, like I said, in the first half. And his average draft position was 105.8, the middle of the ninth round. Um, so like Chabot, just absolutely uh, ridiculous value you're adding to your team at that point. Uh, he's been crazy. He won't be this good in the second half. Uh, doesn't seem that way, but he'll still be very good. He'll probably flirt with 70, 75 points, I'd imagine, uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, super impressive. The fact we even have him talking about him with Burns is just something unbelievable. Didn't expect to see. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's no way you're at the bottom of your league if you have... Just pick up so many power play points, too. It's it's incredible. Well, if you watch the power play, right, the puck rarely goes from Matthews to Marner side to side. And when it does, it usually goes in, because it's never open. Yeah. and always back to Morgan. So yeah, it's either Marner, uh, some sort of shot pass in the middle towards Severas, or Matthews just walking into a wrist shot off the mm-hmm. side. And either way, it has to go back up to Riley before that happens, right? Yeah. Um, so it it could be Gardner just as easily in that situation. But that being said, uh, Riley seems to just be uh, as good as any defenseman in the league at keeping the puck in, especially on the power play. Uh, and he's just so smart. So too. agile. Yeah, and he always knows exactly where to be, know where the puck's going to be coming from, and when the forwards are going to be pressured and when the puck might get uh, knocked out towards the center of the ice. Uh, and he's just afforded them so many much, uh, so many extra opportunities mm-hmm. on the man advantage because of that, and uh, it's definitely you know helped his I wouldn't even have a second unit if I was, if that was my number one unit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Get out there all day, boys. Um, let's go to bust now before we hit the uh, break. I'll go first because this one's glaringly obvious. Uh, my biggest bust is Vladimir Tarasenko. Tarasenko is really making me eat my words from the preseason. I was fully expecting Tarasenko to enjoy a breakout season. Uh, and even went as far to say as I would take him over Patrick Kane. Oh. So far, that would have been a oh, massive, a argument about it. A massive mistake. <laughs> However, Tarasenko has been limited by a 7.8 shooting Ooh. percentage and a 6.7 on a shooting percentage through 38 games. If those rates were at his career pace, he would have 18 goals and 17 assists uh, to give him 35 points in 38 games instead of 23 points. Um, as it stands now, Tarasenko makes for one of the best second half by low candidates in the NHL because true, those rates true. have to improve. Uh, I still think that have the Blues to. are a team that can get it going here in the second half. We were talking about them being a pretty good team here when you think about the fact that you've got, uh, you know, adding O'Reilly into the mix. We thought that they were going to be a much improved team, and they finally have started to put Shen, Schwartz, and Tarasenko together, a line yeah. that was so dominant last year. So. And then they got away from it, and then they got back to it. Yeah, so, so I think they're starting to realize that that's the way Schwartz they need to go. Schwartz will never be healthy. Yeah, maybe not, but Shen and Tarasenko together has been lights yeah. out, so I still think there's lots of hope, but Eaton Crow on that one for sure. Uh, I liked Tarasenko a little bit too much. I remember him as one of my breakouts, and I thought for sure this was the year he's getting you know over 40 goals, 45. Yeah. 50 potentially, and it's just been an absolute disastrous uh, start to the season for him. So hopefully better things ahead in the second half, and he will let me redeem myself here. But uh, D, 
I know you want to talk uh, about your bus as well uh, because Biebs can't wait to jump on the bandwagon with you like he was at the start of the season. Yeah, I just like to say I, I was not as high on Tarasenko. I think oh, I had I him at that. the bottom of my top ten right wingers, but I definitely did not expect uh, twenty points. This bad. Thirty-five games. Yeah. Um, so starting to be bad. Yeah, uh, he'll be better. I don't think he'll be great, but he'll be better. Shea Weber left tonight's game after taking a puck to the face. Oh. Not ideal. Don't want to get hit in the face with the puck. So he wears a visor, right? Will be back. Probably by the Super Advisor? I don't think no, so. No, he goes he's, bare he's, face. He's, yeah, he's, he's a bare face. He's beauty. like one of the only yeah. guys left in the league. Mm. The only grandfathered guys. Still going. Mm. Him and Jonathan Erickson. So it could be anywhere in the face. And Got Matt it. Martin. Could be all over that face. Got it. Um, I got Ilya Kovalchuk as my biggest bus. Woo! You would have saw that one here. coming. Yeah. I think his yeah. name is Biebs. Uh, Kovalchuk, easily one of the most disappointing players in the NHL this season as far as return on his draft stock goes. Uh, really doesn't get any worse. Average draft position was 80 even right on. Uh, that's the early seventh round. He's at the point now where he doesn't even belong on your roster in standard nope. leagues. He has just seven goals and 11 assists in 33 games this season. Uh, he's a minus 14 to boot. Playing for the Kings will do that. To boot. Uh, there was a lot of hype surrounding Kane or Kobe, excuse me, coming into the season as he got set to make his return from the KHL. I think part of that too is influenced by the huge 90 point season Ozzy Kopitar had a year ago. Uh, we all got excited thinking about. Kovalchuk's potential alongside that. Uh, but Kovalchuk obviously disappointed this year as well, and there's been a bit of a trickle-down effect there. Uh, Kovalchuk really, though, just has nothing next, for, nothing next to nothing going for him right now. <laughs> no. uh, on pace for just 176 shots, uh, despite getting all the ice time, all the opportunity in the world, and it just does not seem to matter. Uh, really, at this point, he's nothing more than a week-to-week streaming option, uh, far from the value he had in the preseason. Like I said, a seventh-round pick. Uh, if you were hoping this guy was going to be the seventh best player on your team, you were sadly mistaken. Biggest bust of the first half, Ilya Kovalchuk. No Russian gas left in him now that he's back across the border. <laughs> but um, yeah, who saw that one coming? My pick. I'm pretty sure this guy's. We, you talked about gritty. You said he's doing a great job. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's because this guy is currently being gritty all year. Jakub Borachek, absolute <laughs> bust this year. 32 points through 41 games. ADP was 50th. Let me just say that again. 50th. So, um, high. a lot of, yeah, absolutely. Way too high. After an 85 point year a season ago, um, Voracek came into this year with a lot of people thinking he could break out with a third winger, another Travis Konechny, or break out of Nolan Patrick. Really anything alongside Drew there. JVR, we talked about it, but with Philadelphia having a terrible start, come. Jakub Borchek having an absolute terrible start. Makes a great buy low cannon again. But the one thing that really stood out to me for him is he's a minus 17 this year. So this guy's absolutely slaughtering your plus minus uh, category if you do have that in your league. His seven power play points is just absolutely terrible after 35 a season ago. Clearly he's connected with um, his production is connected with that power play. And that's something that struggled quite a bit. Uh, His shots, he's on pace for less than 200 this season. That's not going to bode well for him ever. 10 goals, on pace for 20. We, we know he's not a goal scorer, so the goals are there. Yeah, you need all those. Actually, his... You, um, you draft that guy expecting 70 yeah. apples. And his, his shot percentage is actually a little bit above his career average, so he's having a pretty decent goal scoring year. <laughs> Absolutely terrible assist here. Maybe it's the guys around him. But Jakub Voracek, stop being gritty. Start being yourself, dude. Isn't yeah. it weird that... Uh, seems bizarre that... All of our first half busts perfectly correlate with all of our first half disappointments in teams, eh? Weird how that happens when your stars don't put the puck in the net. 
your team doesn't do well. Shit! Who would have thought? Dallas Stars mentality. Who would have thought? Yeah, fucking horseshit, those guys, eh? We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the second half. For now, enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you back here in 60 seconds for our second half preview. Broken down, so I walked the line. I dropped my wounds and I down. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. The time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money, I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud. Make me happy, make me proud. Black holes, solid ground. Episode 18 of the Daily Faceoff Podcast. I'm your co-host Dylan Bertheim. As always, hope you enjoy those sweet riffs from the Blue Stones. Uh, if you guys want to hear more, check them out on Spotify. Check them out on iTunes. Their new album, Black Holes, out now. Be holes, be holes. Uh, and we hope you guys enjoyed that first half where we previewed the first half of the or reviewed rather the first half of the NHL season. Uh, now, second half of the show. It's time to look at the second half of the season. A uh, bit of the same format. We're going to look at who we expect to fall the most uh, team-wise out of that NHL standings, who we expect to rise. Uh, then we're going to talk about players, who we think is going to break out, who we think is going to bust it up in the second half, guys that are really not going to be able to live up to the first halves they had. Uh, and then we're going to sum it up real quick with our little bit of prediction time, second half goal, and points leaders. Uh, we'll take a kick at the can, tell you who we think is going to end up with the Rock of a Shard trophy. Well, not really, right? We're just talking no, about yeah, this. Yeah. From this point forward, who we think yeah. is going to... Yeah. Points from so now just, on. Just the Shard trophy. Just the second half. Yeah. The Shard, not the Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so let's get right into it. Beavs, why don't we start with you? Uh, let's go Faller. Tell me what team you're just not believing in. Who's going to fall off before season's end? The absolute tumbler down the standings for me is uh, currently 14th in league points. Sorry, French Canadians, but the Montreal Canadiens Sorry, French Canadians. Falling squad. It's been a great start. Great story. Make a couple offseason trades. It works. Um, yep. It's not going to work all year. Carey Price having an absolute terrible season. I see that continuing. Somehow an all-star. Figure not, out going, not, somehow, not going, though. Somehow. Not going. he knows it's bullshit. Yeah. Even he knows. He's like, I don't even deserve to be. They got to give him He's like, probably hoping to get, like a, get a break, and he's still got voted. He's like, fuck. They're like, uh, hey, hey, I Carey. I got suspended, man. Hey, like, Carey, I'm putting they, up a 900 save percentage. There's no way I get in. <laughs> hey, Carey, oh. they want you at the all-star game for... For what? <laughs> and my, uh, Tarasenko, Gino, let's go! Oh, yeah. Oh, but regardless. Not a bust now because he no. scored. Yeah, because he scored one goal. But my fall, <laughs> my faller is Montreal. Shea Weber, hilarious I mentioned this because he got injured tonight, but he's not going to be a point per game player like he was to start the year across yeah. his little 10 game sample or whatever it was. Um, my man's got to stop hurting his face and knees. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> uh, having an absolutely phenomenal start, it's been a good story. 
Max Domi as well. We saw him fall right off, and he was a stud to start the year. Not fall right off, but he's slowing down a lot. Mm-hmm. Starting to look a little bit more like his dad. I'm just kidding. I just like mentioning his dad. Winter <laughs> alert. Anyways, Montreal, my faller. D, who's your faller? Uh, I'm going to talk about the Islanders a little bit more, Brock. You talked about how much they shocked you in the first half of the season. Yeah, I surprised. agree. I was surprised. Uh, but the Islanders are just too fraudulent of a team for me to get behind. I think aside from Barzell, their top nine has uh, done nothing but overachieve this season. They've gotten away all year with playing the likes of Phil Pila, Komarov, Martin, and Casey Sezikis against the opposition's best on home ice, allowing their top six some cushier matchups. I think that comes back to bite them sooner than later. I don't think they'll be in the playoffs once it's all said and done. Uh, if their goaltending slips up at all, it's going to get ugly fast. Fourth highest oh, yeah. PDO in the league right now, and that's very much goaltender-driven. Uh, so, if Lehner, you know, stops being a Vezina Trophy candidate at any point in time, I think it's <laughs> going to get really ugly for the Islanders. Never uh, thought you'd use those two and they really, together, yeah. Lehner and Vezina. Yeah, but, you know, and really just the last six or seven game stretch they've been on has really catapulted them up the standings too. So I think mm-hmm. give it another five, ten games. Uh, and they could be out of the playoff picture that early. Uh, I just really don't think they have what it takes. Uh, I think Trotz is a little overrated. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who makes the... Uh, Brenton Trotz? Oh, guy wins a cup Stanley with... Stanley Cup winner? Guy wins a cup with Ovechkin. Backs him because Nets operating. Hopefully all of a sudden he's a genius. Nashville legend? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who makes the playoffs on the Eastern Ball Conference Man because Ball? my biggest follower is the Buffalo Sabres. So if it's uh, not the Sabres or the Islanders or, or the, the Canadians, Canadians no it's got to be the Hurricanes. No one's yeah. making it. Um, I can see it. This, so similar to kind of what you were just alluding to with the Islanders, D, uh, the Sabres went on a 10-game winning streak from November 8th to November 27th. Uh, after that win streak, they were 17-6-2 at the time. Uh, however, since then, they've gone 5-8-4 and four in their last 17 games, the fifth worst record in the NHL over that span. Uh, if it weren't for that 10-game winning streak, we would not be talking about the Sabres as a playoff team. Uh, the 23rd in the NHL in goal scoring, uh, ranked dead last. Weren't though. they like all one goal games too? Yeah, they were like they weren't even scoring. Um, they they ranked dead last in the NHL in scoring chances for per sixty uh, with players like Jack Eichel, Ross Westfall, leading the boy Risto. Risto. Uh, the future remains bright, I think, but uh, they're just not a playoff team in 2019. So I'd like uh, the Sabers to fall here in the second half of the season. Uh, but on the other end of the spectrum, Casey Middlesex trash. Can I say that? For now, not been very good so for far. Now. But uh, give him some time. I think maybe give me. Uh, biggest riser though. He gets beats. a year. Give a year. He gets a year. January seventh, two thousand twenty. We'll see where Casey's uh, middle stats at. Yeah. Not Zekas. Deal. He still will not be. He'll still be matched. If with he doesn't have at least thirty-five points at this point next season, he's bumped trash. by trash. 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 <laughs> My biggest riser team also might be the biggest riser of hockey-related Netflix content. The Anaheim Ducks. There's Netflix content. Potentially getting their own Mighty Ducks reboot. Not potentially. It's confirmed. With what? Like Joshua Jackson playing Charlie Cohn? We don't know the details, but it is happening. A reboot. J.J. Uh, Watt, super hype about it, which is great. Great yep. to see, you know, the little crossover. <laughs> Bryce Harper, also hype crossover. about it. Really? Sport DFO podcast, also hype about yeah. it. Yeah. Us Pretty much here, scale, right? every kid in Canada yes. that grew up ever hyped about it. Well, that knows about it. But now a bunch you do. bunch of people trying to pay us $30 million a year right now, right? Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. Be great. Same thing as Harper. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, my <laughs> risers, Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Just the Ducks now. Regardless, when they wear those jerseys, they look sweet. But the Ducks and my risers with 105 <laughs> goals to start this year. So um, the Mighty so. Ducks have been absolutely struggling to put the puck in the net. Um, second last in league scoring. 
And a lot of that has come from their injuries. Getzloff started the year hurt since he's come back. The whole team was hurt. A couple weeks ago, he's been a freaking horse. Yeah. Ricardo Kell is going to be back. Yeah, Guy named Corey Perry going to be back. Forgot about him. A little him. bit of scoring. Plus, we've seen some nice inputs from um, Pontus Aberg, Andrej Kass. Yep. Brock's boy. Daniel Sprong. You yeah. say cachet half of that. Cachet, I don't even know. I say cash. Um, and uh, <laughs> D's boy John Gibson has been absolutely elite. Some might say Vesna worthy through the first Vesna worthy. Vesna we called right it. Yeah. I called it. But we called it. Best goalie but, um, We shared them. That that are just That's all just things that I love. Their defense is, is great. And with a couple more goals, I can see this team going on an absolute run. Um, mm-hmm. We see Anaheim in the playoffs every year when it comes around to it. It seems like, you know, they're not having a great year. Playoffs come around. Oh, shit. They're playing the Wings again. No, that was like five years ago yeah. when they played every single year. But regardless, um, I shouldn't give the Wings that much credit. It's Good health, one. though. And a little bit away from that slow start equals success. Randy Carlisle is really the only thing holding them back. That's what I was saying. I like the make of that team. Carlisle, I think, is a big issue there. Um, specifically, his decision to play Ryan Kessler 19 minutes a night or whatever he's getting right now. I know, like the first it, power play. Can we talk about yeah. that? What is it's that? just crazy because, like, if you look at the makeup of that team, like that deep, that blue line, so solid. Yeah, but probably the best goalie in the NHL. And then, like, if you look at Getzlaff, Henry Kessler, like, you're you're rock solid down the middle. You got some pretty good wingers, guys that yeah. can score. It's just not but you just, you that got, up. Yeah, you got to just play them yeah. properly, and you yeah. you can be great. Yeah, Kessler can. Kessler be as solid. a third line center would be yeah. the dirtiest third line center in the league. Like, shut people down, yeah. but just but don't. He's giving him like, first line minutes. Yeah. Loves it's them. insane. Yeah. Uh, my biggest riser in the second half, Minnesota Wild. I think the Wild are definitely a playoff caliber team. Uh, currently, sit two points out of a wild card spot right now. However, they are in the middle of the pack in terms of scoring chances for per 60, but give up the least scoring chances against per 60 in the NHL. As a result, Wild rank number uh, rank as the number one team in, ter- in the NHL in terms of expected goals against. Uh, the Wild are also one of the most unlucky teams in the NHL when you look at expected goals versus uh, actual goals scored so far. I mean, they're no Carolina Hurricanes, but they have been unlucky so far in the first half. Uh, Dubnik isn't having his best season so far. But he was in a similar situation last year. Uh, he had a really strong, and he ended up having a really strong second half. Uh, he went 22, 8, and 5 with a 243 goals against, 918 save percentage from January 1st on. Uh, so we could see him, uh, sorry, we should see him uh, help the Wild back into the playoff race, uh, maybe even to the Central Division uh, playoff picture. That's I wild. Like yeah. I hate it. That's wild. Yeah, they were a big team I was looking at. Honestly, it's hard to really look at any of the teams on the outside of the playoff picture right now and like them. Um, I still think the Oilers have a really good chance of getting in. Like I said, if you give Connor McDavid decent goal, decent goaltending, I think that's a playoff team right there. It's just like then you then you look at yesterday though. I mean, they still won the game, but yeah. he's playing with Jujar Kyra yeah, what is and that? Zach Cassie. It's like, oh my god, give this guy something to work with. Well, they traded away everything they had to work with. They're they're insane, man. Put, put the god Spooner. Oh um, my god, what a brutal trade. So yeah, I'm going to talk about the Sharks. They've already done really well, um, but the Sharks, they sit third in the Pacific Division right now, which is pretty good, but they have the third worst PDO in the NHL. Uh, so to do that well, while you know being pretty unfortunate even strength, is pretty amazing. Uh, I think they, they go out and get a better goaltender before the deadline. This is where I think Jimmy Howard goes, or at least the time to mention him anyway. I, I think this is a really uh, potential hotspot for him here in San Jose. Uh, really? And I think if that happens, if they get any sort of uh, you know, uh, help to Martin Jones in net. Uh, I think the Sharks can run away yeah, with the Pacific not, Division. Not a believer in Aaron Dell anymore. Uh, well, maybe I should say get Aaron Dell. I don't think either of them 
you know, I, I not really feel Stanley comfortable and go out and win you a playoff series. Uh, Howard looks to be back to that. I, I, he was that before. Obviously, mm-hmm. wasn't for a few seasons. Um, but he seems to kind of regain his form. It's amazing what contract years do to people, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if, if I was a GM on the trade market right now and I needed a goaltender, Jimmy Howard is the guy I'd yeah. be going after. I don't disagree um, at all. So, I, I think they have the best chance of finishing at top the Pacific Division. Uh, I like their chances of finishing ahead of Calgary and Vegas. And I don't love, like I said, any team standing on the outside looking in right now. So, I'll go with the Sharks as my big risers. Let's stick with... No teams, but let's go to players that we could see on the rise here. Maybe guys that are going to break out here in the second half of the season. Beebs, who do you got? My second half break... Maybe not break out, because he's broken out ten years in a row then. Uh, Anze Kopitar out in LA. We talk about teams having absolute terrible starts. So it would be a breakout from what he's done yeah, in the first exactly. half. That's and, what we're looking for. And here. why I love him is because he's such a good buy-low candidate right now. With ten goals, 18 assists um, through his first 42 games, he's having an absolute terrible start. He's on pace for 54 points, which would be his second worst year um, compared to two years ago, which scares me a little bit. But this is a guy with seven career 70-plus point seasons, and a lot of those are in the upper 70s. Um, and all his other seasons were 60-plus. He's been an absolute horse for L.A., and we talked about how bad the team's played. It's really been the people around him who have been struggling as well, and that's only going to help um, known assist God. Not God. <laughs> we'll not call him a God. He's, he's no Jakob Borchek gritty. But um, he is usually top 10 in assists. And when you're playing with D's boy, Ina Flalu, Alex Aflalu, yeah. I don't even know his name because he just sucks so much. Um, Actually, they Kovacek's just got him off the top line yeah. this week. finally put our boy Kopitar. Yeah. So still not a lot of help. Regardless, it might not be Kopitar's year, but I still see him having a lot better of a second half. Um, Kopitar's just too good. And we've seen Dustin Brown have success there. As Brock loves to point out, um, maybe something that could work again. Kopitar yeah. for me. And it's been a weird season to someone who's yeah. had Kopitar the whole time. Uh, it's been frustrating, but he really hasn't been that inconsistent. It's just there's no, there's been no big no multi point games. There's no yeah. big games that he got all last season. Obviously, to get to 90 points, that has to happen. But, uh, it, you know, it's still steady. You're still getting maybe seven points out of every 10 games. Uh, but the big performances just hasn't been there. And it's actually gotten to the point. Uh, where on full nights, I, he's the one that gets left on my bench, right? Which is crazy yeah. to think of a 90-point guy from a year ago. Drop. Yeah, it's just that CL. Yeah, so it's unfortunate, but I, I agree with you, Beebs. I think, you know, I, there's definitely potential to get back closer to a, a point per game from here on out. At 92 least. last year. Yeah, and it's funny because we crazy. joked about it a couple weeks ago, uh, a couple episodes ago, I should say, um, with Kopitar's number once Brown got back we're kind of joking that he's like the guy that holds it all together and if you do look at it Kopitar's had 25 points in 33 games uh, mm-hmm. since Brown's been back so, yeah. so that's, that's, that's what I'm saying it's very yeah. consistent yeah. Uh, but the big games still only really a 16, still really a 62 there. point pace over the course of the, an entire season but yeah. you're like you said that's seven and a half, seven point six points you know, per 10 games, which isn't terrible. But, yeah, that, that's what happens when your team only scores one goal a game. There's like, no help around them. Like, yeah, no one is giving them no. a hand with extra yeah. points. Dowdy's so having a bad season. Like, the power play just... The whole team, yeah, is just playing terrible. Yeah, yeah and Kovalchuk obviously been a big disappointment. Can only get better, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kovalchuk, we are expecting to be a guy who could get things done on his own and not just piggyback off of whatever Kovalchuk yeah. was going to do, right? So Six in his last seven, too, though. He's showing a little bit of a turnaround already. Let's hope that's kind of, you know, something that he can yeah. keep up. And maybe, you know, pin together. If he pins that other two or three two-point games, he just he can get a lot closer to that yeah, point per game. For sure. Uh, just me? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I got William Nylander as my second-half breakout. Will Nye, D's guy. Uh, 
as far as breakouts go, it, it can't get any worse for Neil either, so it's only going to get Threw better. Threw the monkey off his back, but it didn't seem to actually work yet. But you know what? I, you know, obviously, I watch pretty much Absolutely every league game. that thing. Um, and he is really starting to come into form. He's looked like himself of late, but it just hasn't translated into goals and assists quite yet. People forget how good he is. Yeah. He's got one just one goal, two assists in 13 games this season. Probably going to be <laughs> one goal, two assists in 14 games after tonight. That's good. Uh, since ending his contract holdout. He's actually played quite well of late. Him and Asim Kadri were dominating the puck at 5v5, but just could not convert on their chances. Kadri is snake-bitten as any player in the league right now. Happens. Uh, and Nylander's 6.9 on a shooting percentage is evident of that. Uh, now he's back up playing with Austin Matthews. Where he belongs, he should at the very least return to a 61-point pace from here on out. That's what he put up in each of the last two seasons. Could even improve on that, especially if he sees an extended look on that first power play unit, uh, which I does think, or which I do think will happen eventually. Yeah. I, uh, I think using all three sentiment on that first unit starting to become a little too taxing for the Maple Leafs. I think Babcock will look to get Kadri off there soon, and Nylander definitely the most qualified replacement on the roster. Uh, so if that happens, the sky's the limit, but expect Nylander's point totals to return to normal soon, uh, and really one of the best buy-low candidates out there right now. I can't imagine a fantasy owner being uh, more frustrated with a player than no. William Nylander. It's you wait all season all to you, get him yeah. back, and then you've just been dog shit. Effing horse shit, as uh, some members of the Dallas Stars, Stars front office would, would put it. Yeah, um, I didn't even realize that it's already been 13 games. I mean, I knew he had 14. pretty much done... 14 by the yeah. time they listen. And it's 3 nothing right now, so I'm four assuming nothing he's not going to do it. 4 nothing. Are you shitting me? Yeah, 4 nothing with 32 seconds left. The boy Kevin Fiala, though, goal to the same. Rains it pours, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my second half... Leaf fan, let me tell you. Breakout is uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. <laughs> Uh, Marcheseau's got 30 points, 13 goals, 17 assists in 45 games so far this season. Um, but there should be even better days ahead. Marcheseau's been limited by a career-low 8.2 shooting percentage and 8.1 on a shooting percentage, both uh, well below his career averages. Uh, Marcheseau should be able to score 15-plus goals with 15-plus assists uh, with huge upside in the second half of the season uh, when those rates start to positively regress. The Golden Knights are heating up right now. And then Marshall really hasn't been a big part of it yet. Only like two assists, I think, in his last eight games or something like that. I'd expect that to change in the coming weeks, months. Uh, right now, it looks like Riley Smith's out. So somebody like Pacioretty or Peary or Tuck will get moved to that top line. Maybe uh, shuffle things around for Vegas one a little bit. But uh, Marshall's still having a pretty good year. Yep. But his rates are among the lowest uh, in, in terms of players that have had pretty decent you know, years to date. Uh, so I think he's a guy that can really just build off what he's done so far and have a pretty, uh, you know, a much better second half than he did first half. Um, let's look at guys who are going to bust it up a little bit here in the second half. Uh, I guess I'll just keep going yep. here. Um, Beebs, you won't be happy about this one, but I got Gabe, Gabe Landis Cog. Super um, obvious. We saw Colorado <laughs> 1 finally start to look a little bit more human in recent games. Uh, and their immediate reaction to that was to move Landis Cog to the second line, but keeping McKinnon and Rant together. Uh, that should be concerning for Landis Cog owners. Also concerning should be his astronomical uh, 19.7 shooting percentage and 12.4 on ice shooting percentage. The, both are bound to regress uh, in the second half. He won't be terrible, definitely, um, playing alongside those two as long as they, they keep them together for you know like we expect them to. Uh, but I wouldn't hate it if you sold them high at this point in time and tried to get an underperforming player like maybe, say, Vladimir Tarasenko? I don't know. Think Tarasenko? Think about but, uh, it. Beeps, who you got? Uh, busted up a second. Someone half. that if you can move him for Tarasenko, definitely do it. Tom Wilson out oh in Washington. 20 points in 22 games. 
That's only two points off of a point per game. Yeah, that's Tom Wilson, the guy who started the year with a 20-game suspension after absolutely dummying Vincent. No, not Vincent Dunn. It was uh, some other random St. Uh, Louis guy. Yeah. Just give Sunquist. <sighs> See ya. But see you in the first 20 games. Tom Wilson, unlike William Nylander, came out extremely hot after his little absence. <laughs> Better player. Yeah. Um, and shooting a completely sustainable 22%. Tom Wilson, <laughs> clear goal scorer. 22%. Uh, one thing that's crazy about Tom Wilson is it seems like he's just been killing people illegally forever. He's only 24 years old, so mm-hmm. he could be, keep murdering could people be a guy having a breakout season. But a breakout season for Tom Wilson is also anything above 35 points. <laughs> so... Um, right now, if people are willing to buy high on him, like I did in a league that me and D are in, um, you did do that. Yeah, if someone's willing to buy high, like I me, thought, how he did that. The used Moses buy low. He's like, hey, if someone wants to offer you max yeah. patch, ready for him, take it. Take it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just I had the did. options, and I just love watching Tom. Do Wilson. as we say, not as we do. As much as uh, I, I right? love, I love Something Tom Wilson. Like that. That's why I did it. It was a pure heart. How movie. could you love Tom? But Wilson. he's hilarious. But um. Again, uh, less than less than 15 minutes of ice a game is not the greatest. He does play alongside some pretty phenomenal center and wingers. Um, and that anyone in the top six in Washington is going to do well. But Tom Wilson, again, 35 points is his career high. And let me just toss this in there. Crazy prediction by Beebs right here. He's going to get suspended at least one more time. <laughs> and breakout years. The second he gets suspended, it's going to be at least five or more games because there's no way anything that guy does goes no. for less. If he ever gets suspended again, it's like auto 10. Yeah, so good deal. Try to trade him. He's got a ton of value as it looks great, you know. I would Plus definitely, minus, if, so, I had, if I owned Tom Wilson, I would definitely trade him for Max Pacioretty. Yeah, I would probably take that back. I actually went to see if I could pick him up the other day and I was like, oh, he's like 70% owned. People are stupid. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> and then you looked and league commissioner Beeb's Bondy trading for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Tom Wilson, expect that bust. Not going to do a point per game. Might do a penalty minute per game, though. Yeah, he could definitely Maybe do even a suspension, suspension per game. game. Yeah. If he gets another 20. Yeah. Definitely doable. The 40-40 split. If anybody could do it, it's him. him. Yeah. You don't want it. No, but you? Just me? Just you? Yeah, we're just... Zach Parise. Oh. Try that one on for size. It's like he doesn't pay attention when we talk about Yeah. What was that? Huh? I wasn't listening because we were talking. Huh? It wasn't me talking. <laughs> Zach Parise. Parise's played great this season, uh, and much of his success is deserved. He has 19 points and 19 assists in 39 games, uh, but he can't continue at this pace. He hasn't topped 53 points. Yeah, 53 since 2014. 19 goals and 19 assists? Yeah, so he's got 38 points in 39 games. He said 19 points and 19 assists. I feel like he's 19 goals. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, he hasn't topped 53 Zero points goals. since 2014-15 season and hasn't topped 70 points since the 2009 2010 season, uh, so expecting him to continue at a point per game pace is pretty foolish. Year. <laughs> I guess he's not. He's signed for like 13. No, it was the, the last time he crushed her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably they got yeah. a 13-year contract. Yeah, I was gonna say he's definitely signed until. Forever. No, yeah, no, he's there forever. Uh, he's played great at even strength, like I said, uh, but he's been fortunate enough to shoot 15.7 percent. That's almost five percent higher than his career average. Uh, it's gonna be tough to sustain moving forward, especially given how much he shoots. It's a great thing, but it's really hard to shoot at that high of a clip when you fire the puck as much as he does. His on-ice shooting percentage is 12.3%. He's never finished a season with an on-ice above 9.8, so expect some serious regression there. Uh, I think he's going to be a serviceable piece moving forward, but I think he's one of the best sell-high... Sci-hoes? Sci-youngs? Sell-high candidates out there right now. His name still carries a little bit of weight. 
And I think a more casual fantasy player might not realize how out of the norm this is for Parise at this point in his career. Uh, they're just going to see a point-per-game guy right now. So I, I think you can get a lot for Parise right now. Certainly a lot more than what he's going to give you over the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love Parise, but... Uh, yeah, yeah even point per game. Even back in the day... It's a hustle, point man. Per game. Yeah, even back in the day when, he was, when he was quote-for-quote quote, killing it, he was not necessarily even putting up that many points. He, I, mean, I feel like he was a guy who was always drafted. A lot oh, he was, he was, yeah, but at the same time, phenomenal player, but one where it doesn't necessarily translate as so much. The first year where like that contract actually looks reasonable. <laughs> yeah, to be like for like five. I don't know if a thirteen-year deal is ever reasonable. He's like, well, I'm, he's like, I'm coming home. I'm just gonna torch you for thirteen. Well, it's gotta years. be like point, 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 <laughs> point zero zero three percent of players have ever played thirteen years in the NHL, and <laughs> and him and Sue just get matching thirteen. Yeah, just give them max contracts for that amount of time. Crazy. Uh, let's move. It's like Kovalchuk. Move back towards who they Guys, that we expect to have solid second halves. Uh, and Legal. So we got, what, January 7th day. So as of January 8th, who is going to lead the NHL in goals? Uh, we'll mark it down try to remember this. Um, so, Beebs, we'll start with you. Who's lead the NHL in goals from Tuesday, January the 8th through the end of the season? Crazy, crazy guess here. Patrick Laine, Flow <laughs> God, 24 goals so far, has him second in the league. It's called Flow He's, God? Yep. <laughs> clearly not looking to pass the puck with only six assists this year. They're probably all <laughs> off of rebounds. I can't believe that shit. Yeah, they're definitely all off of rebounds, too. Or he, like, ping the bar and, like, Wheeler tapped at home. But definitely not Wheeler. Wheeler's yeah, like, I just say, I'm pretty sure Wheeler has four goals and, like, 80 assists. So I think we know where the passes are going <laughs> right to line A. Again, put them together, they're almost a normal player. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely no interest in passing that puck, which I six, love. Six, Bodes six, well for him getting that rocket Richard. For, no, sorry, just the Richard for the second yeah, half. Just, just the, the shard. shard. Just the Shard. <laughs> so for me, I got Lani as my Shard guy. He started the league super slow. Um, and if you're going to start slow and put up 24, clearly you got a goal-scoring ability. All he has to do is just keep up with Ovi for the rest. Ovi's got 30 so far. He's going to chill. That's it. That's all he's Always played about. a lot of hockey lately. Line A hasn't. No, they both have. Yeah. Um, but Line A's playing the All-Star game. Might be a little tired. I don't yeah. know if he is. I, I don't even think he is. So. Ovechkin. Uh, anyways, Ovechkin's taking not. it off. No, that's what I mean. Big challenge. Yeah. So if Line A was, he would have gotten tired. <laughs> but, no. Um, I don't think he is. I don't know if he is. I don't no, think I don't think he got the invite. So. It doesn't matter. I don't Regardless, know. Line A's going to score the most goals for that year because he's just shooting the puck like a madman. And yeah. He just has a crazy shot. He's really good. I know team's really good. D, you took a couple of the more obvious candidates, so I'll go with a less obvious candidate here. You guys um, are thinking too much about it. What yeah, you? well, you, I, I don't want to just be like Alex Ovechkin, so I'll let you do My that. My bad when I guess it right, bro. Yeah, me too. Well, they're going to tie, I guess, for the chart. Um, I got Tyler Segan. Since being called fucking horseshit by the Stars <laughs> ownership group, Segan has registered a point in each game, picking up four goals and three assists to give him seven points in five games what since being know? called horseshit. Uh, despite ranking third in the NHL in shots on goals, Seagan is tied for 48th in goals. His 8.9 shooting percentage is to blame for that uh, way under his career average. If he can maintain 3.9 shots per game, he should score anywhere from 20 to 30 goals. 30 meaning he gets really fucking hot here in the second half. Uh, you know, people do shoot at 20% for extended period of times, like we just saw for the, you know, first half by many a player. Um, if Gabe Landeskog can do it for 40 games, Tom Seagan can do it. Tom Wilson can do it for 22 games. Exactly. Uh, the Stars need Seagan and Ben to be studs in the second half. I fully expect Seagan to carry them down the stretch. Uh, not only lead the Stars in goals, which would be easy to do, but lead the NHL in goals from January 8th on. Tyler Seagan. What do you got, D? So I got, I'm going to call him shit again. I got a bit of an off-the-board pick here. Mm-hmm. Alex Ovechkin. Crazy. You guys heard of him? Bold. Um, he, does he, score, he doesn't shoot often? 
Just keep it simple, boys. Happening it up here. He scores more than anyone in the league. He's got, what, a six-goal lead on second place right yeah. now? Uh, and he shoots more than anyone but in the league. But it's from here on out. So he, he's going to shoot the most. He's going to score the most from here on out. I got Ovi. Yeah, I don't hate it. How about points <laughs> from January 8th? You did. Greatest goal scorer of our generation. Probably of all time. Let's be real. Our generation. January 8th on. Who yeah. is leading? It's hard to score goals. Who's leading the NHL in points, Beeps? Wait, can I go? Just keep this up? Yeah, let, sure. let D just keep hammering the... For the record, though... Oh, I'm going to go with Connor McDavid. Alex Ovechkin <laughs> has the fifth most shots in the league right now. Actually, has less shots than Tyler Seguin and Dylan Larkin. So. Okay, so Brock uh, is so never allowed Larkin's on the podcast throwing pucks again. from the blue line all day. Yeah. You say he shoots more than anybody, but he's Yeah, not. you don't know what time frame I was talking about. Yeah. I was talking been, about the last 10 last, years. Yeah. Last, Who has more shots than the last eight? Definitely <laughs> nobody. <laughs> Definitely nobody. Um, last year's playoffs. All right, yeah, lead the league in points for the rest of the season. McDavid. Uh, but I have, like, <laughs> I'm picking like obviously it's the most likely, but you look at all these other guys that are over 60 points at this point, which, you know, kudos to all you guys. You're doing amazing to be up in the conversation with McDavid right now. Uh, but all those guys, they're on a shooting percentage, just way higher than their career That's because they're playing with good players. shooting percentage. So is McDavid, but he's right on par with his career average. You know McDavid, like, legit puts out 11 every year, mm-hmm. which is, like, above Insane. average, but it's not. Well, that's because he's a god. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, my point is, he's right around par for what he's normally doing. Uh, he's the only one who I think you can reliably expect to put up, or, of all the guys who put up 60 points in the first 40 games, he's the best bet to do it again in the second half, so that's why I got McDavid. Beeps. Uh, I went super off the board on this one. Number two in league scoring, Miko Rantanen. I got him leading the league for the rest it's of the year. Not a homer pick. On at his all. way to getting the award for most points on the year as he passes Kucherov. Also, like, the one big sleeper we didn't talk about was Rantanen. Because Absolutely. his ADP yeah. was 65. Stupid. Bro. For the record, though, DFO had him ranked at 31. So yeah, you're taking Verocek yeah. at 50. But still, like, he's the second best player in the league. Taking yeah. Verocek at 50, you're taking Rantanen at 65. I love that value. But yeah, this is a guy who, just surrounded by surrounded by beauty with Nathan McKinnon, we got a clear one-two punch here. Clearly, it's going to be ridden extremely hard by Jared Bednar. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know. Some people might say it's a homer pick. Some people might not. Um, Rantan's Some people might call it brilliant. Because, yeah, some people are going to say, hey, Mike, you got it right. Sorry, hey, Beebs. Hey, Mike. You really got it right there when you guessed that second half. But the guy is an assist machine, and he's only starting to score his goal-scoring ability. Everyone thinks he's an assist-only player. He's one goal off of 20 this year. He's going to hit 30, probably 60 assists at least. Probably. What am I saying? He's got like 60 already. I called him for a buck 20 earlier in the year. I'm keeping to it. Buck 20. Miko ran in. Why would I jump off the train? It's already yeah. rolling. I mean, uh, I, I guess nobody here true likes Nikita, Nikita Kucherov or uh, Nathan McKinnon to lead the NHL in uh, points from here on out. Because I'm no, going with Blake Wheeler ranked. totally off the board. Oh. Wheeler currently ranks third in the NHL in assists. Uh, and, a good name. And 12th in points. Uh, while he's never been a huge goal scorer, he somehow only has six goals in 41 games. Obviously, that's far too low for a player of his caliber. Normally, a guy that scores pretty much 26 every season. Uh, Wheeler should be able to add 12 goal, 12 to 15 goals in the second half uh, based on his shot volume and career shooting percentage and add another 40-plus assists in the second half here. So that gave him a good shot to lead the NHL in points. I mean, we're looking at maybe 52, 60 points. Uh, for Wheeler here in the second half. And if he does that in the next 40 games, I mean, I, he's leading the NHL in points. Good. So, yeah, that uh, 5.5 shooting percentage definitely should improve and get Wheeler the NHL lead from January 8th on, you know, the, the most prestigious award in 
league history is the January 8th on scoring yeah. title. The John. Yeah. <laughs> um, super quick. Who do you yeah. think plays the most games, gets the least amount of points rest of the season? Go. Like, of all players? In the league right now. Um, most games, least amount of points. I gotta think about it. Going like Rocco Grimaldi. You're like, <laughs> Carl uh, Gunnarsson. Who do you got? Fuck, I don't know. Out, Kyle Clifford. Kyle Clifford. He right? has seven goals this year, I think. But Kyle I'm going to go Ron Hainsey. Ron Haynes. Well, he's having a year. He actually gets like an assist every fourth game. Yeah. So. But he's not anymore. Secondary. Um, I will go Ben Harper. Ben Harper. Ben Harper. I don't know if he's going to play enough games. Yeah. yeah. that's what, Ron Hainsey's a guy who knows he's going to be in the lineup. But. Yeah. If you guys think you got a better one, tweet it out at us at DFO. <laughs> There's so many better ones. Yeah, feel free to. Um, just absolutely terrible players who are going to play a bunch of games. Like Jacob De La Rose, maybe. Try to make us look bad <laughs> yeah, that. It's terrible. Make us look bad of guys who just look bad. Rasmus yeah. Anderson, he keeps playing, just doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> absolute horses out there. Is, is Derek McKenzie still collecting no. games? All right. Can't no. can't jump on that no, one. I Troy Brower might be I think guy. I ended Derek McKenzie's career. I put him on last, and then he was just gone. They stripped the C off of him and just said, fucking pack your bags, Derek. Just Okay. But uh, hope you guys enjoyed Season 4, Episode 18 of the GFO Podcast. Be back. We're back. Uh, we're going to be back next Tuesday as well. Uh, keep an eye out tomorrow for our DraftKings contest. $5 entry. Only 20 to 25 spots every week. So limited spots available. Make sure you fill it up in the morning uh, so I don't have to tweet it out 45 times. Yeah, and I'm bound uh, so, to go on heater again, so look out. Yeah, I called it. That's my probably my boldest call of the year is that you're never going to win another one again. Brock called it. So, uh, so far, so good. Uh, me and D had a pretty good show in the last one we did. Did I, I think, win? I think, Didn't win. I won. No, I think Did we went. We finished two, three. Yeah. yeah. No. I I Still won. waiting on one of you boys to win. I think I won. I've already got a W this year. I, I think he does too. I, I don't know if you guys do. I'm pretty sure I won the last one. Maybe did. I finished second. I don't know. That's what happened. Fake news. Anyway, remember that was the night I finished like second of the four hundred with like forty points. It was like the weirdest thing. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, that's what. See you guys for Full season moves. four, episode nineteen next week. Peace. I got nothing good this Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.